Welcome back to another episode of the Heart Square podcast. In this episode, we um, we were joined by Ian, who's one of our business change consultants here at Heart Square, and we got into the meaty topic of data and data governance. Um, Ian, as you will hear, has has quite a wealth of experience working with data projects, uh, both inside and outside of Heart Square. So it's really great to get him on this episode to chat to us a bit more about it. Yeah, definitely, Eddie. Um, I think, like you say, Ian has a lot of experience and it's something that really interests him as well. Um, he understands the <clears throat> the importance of data you know, in every respect, actually, not just, you know, we talk a lot about projects and I think, and hopefully today we'll talk a bit about kind of, you know, a number of different aspects, including the role of data and data migration within a project, that kind of idea. But it is something that, like I say, Ian's interested in and has a lot of really good um, insight into it uh, and advice to give. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to this. Great, so um, that's enough from us, so we'll just get straight into the episode. Before we get into the podcast, um, I wonder if Ian, you could introduce yourself and a bit about your role here at HeartSquare. Sure, hi, um, I'm Ian, uh, I'm a business consultant covering all aspects of sort of project management, change management for HeartSquare uh, with a range of non-profit organisations uh data and and the governance of data is obviously a massive part of most projects so um throughout my career as a project manager i've dealt with data in all sorts of formats uh, and sizes uh, many times uh subject quite close to my heart i suppose cool thanks ian um so kicking things off then um you said um, data's a big part of projects so i wonder if you could just um you know sort of share why is data so important and why is guessing it right so important for a digital project uh i guess for me the whole point of projects at the end of the day digital projects is is the output what what is the client the customer getting out of it um and they want to make sure that that output is correct uh, and if your data is it's the old thing if your data is rubbish you're going to get rubbish out of it um, it's easy to get wrapped up in the technology and the excitement of moving systems or integrating or all these things which are great um, but at the end of the day all this technology is about holding and manipulating and outputting data. So it really is at the core of all, to me, at all data projects, uh, sorry, digital projects. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that, Ian. I think um, it, it is a key point, isn't it? You know, we get like so wrapped up in the technology. We talk about implementing new technology. Um, in fact, I was talking to a client yesterday, we were talking about kind of timescales and risks for a project they were planning. Um, and I was saying to them, you know, that having a system that is technically ready to go live, you know, that's one timeline. But what we always find or repeatedly find is that actually the the ultimate timeline for implementing a new piece of technology is significantly driven, significantly impacted by the data migration piece of that. And it is because, like you say, at the end of the day, systems are systems are systems that you do things. It, but it's all about being able to capture and use data, turn it into information and then communicate clearly, engage with audiences, etc. The things that we know. And that's why. You know, I think I also said, hopefully I didn't say it out loud just, but I had that thought about, you know, you can put in good tech if you don't sort your data out, then all you can do is expose how bad your data is quicker. 
you know, to more people <laughs> because you'll send an email to me that instead of saying, dear Rob, says, dear Susan, and tells me about my membership when actually I'm a donor or whatever it may be, you know, it, it yeah. can have the opposite effect. Um, so absolutely, I, I'm fully with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I think everybody, not everybody, a lot of people tend to assume that uh, the data will sort itself out or the new system will sort it. And what they fail to think about in a lot of cases is, is why they have that data. What are they going to do with it? And what's the value of it? Um, and, and that sort of, it's not just about quality of data, you know, there's so much more around data governance, data management, et cetera, that, that clients, customers need to really think about probably almost whether they're doing a, a new project or not. You know, it's an ongoing massive part of their business uh, and it's probably costing them a lot more money than they think it is. Yeah, I think that is the thing, isn't it? That's a really good point. You know, it's not like you say just about as part of the project, you know, or a project. It should be kind of BAU state that you're always, you know, looking to um, improve and enhance your data. Um, and I agree again, you know, even when we talk about data migration, the technical migration of data, you know, map this field from the old system to this field in the new system in the nice. I mean, there's experts that do that and therefore it's, it's reasonably programmable in that respect. The tougher part and the bit that we again, I know you have conversations with clients about in the early stages is, OK, so what data are you going to put into the new system? And I think you're absolutely right. It's about making business decisions to say, you know, I want this data in the new system because I'm going to use it for have a reason for putting it in there. And if you haven't got a reason, then leave it behind. Yeah. Um, I think I'm sure you and I talked about it before, actually, but it's one of those things where one of the many positives about the whole GDPR thing back in 2017, 18 was making people think about it. You know, if you if you're not going to use this data, then why have you got it? Do you know that do you need to know that, you know, you sent Rob every do you need to know every email that you sent Rob in 2008? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Let's just think about it. So what's the value of it? Because actually what it is is clutter that prevents you getting to the information you do want to know about, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. So about putting that value value piece on the data, I think is key, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, th there's a whole there's a whole aspect of of identifying all your data, uh, prioritizing it, valuing almost each data item. Um, you know, a system will come out of the box or it's being customised for you and it will have endless numbers of fields and different ways of looking at something. But actually, how much do you really need of all of that, like you said? Yeah, I think actually, sorry, just thinking about it quickly, but uh, one of those other things in terms of data and its relationship in an implementation and it is part yeah its role in the implementation i've always found it interesting seeing how clients they they see a new system the new shiny tech and this is how it works and blah, blah blah you put their data in it and then suddenly it works completely differently and it's like this real revelation for people about actually the relationship between data and the the interface the technology side of things uh, yes. really interesting to watch i find yeah. Yeah, really interesting um, points you both pick up there, and especially around um, sort of the value of your data. So I was just wondering kind of, you know, what is the power of having good data in your system versus the power of, you know, um, the impact of bad data, would you say? 
Um, well, <laughs> um, data's always costing you money. You're storing it, people are processing it, people are transforming it, they are uh, extracting it and trying to find the right information. Uh, and quite often, they're spending an awful lot of time doing that. Uh, bad data takes you even longer to sort out because you don't end up with 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 tr the true picture of of whatever you're looking at. You may end up with multiple areas that you've got to correct. Uh, it leads to on cost in terms of support and queries for for end users coming back to you afterwards. Whereas good data, if you can rely on it, if you've got confidence in it to start with, um, then you run your queries, you run your exports and your reporting, and you don't have to worry about any of that. And you know you're only paying and storing for what you need, uh, but you're still able to derive a bigger business value out of it. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely spot on there, Ian. And I think the point about <coughs> people's time is really important within that, you know, because as you say, I, I mean, we experience it ourselves, right? You spend time searching for the right data because th there are lots of reasons why you have data or what it's, what it's put to use for. But say you're using it to make a decision, yeah? You actually need to find the right data and data that you're confident in, yeah? So yeah. even, you know, and I do it myself, I'm looking for, for the data that I want, the information that I want. I come across something that's not quite right, and I, I recognise it's not quite right, and I'll actually be distracted because I go and try and fix that piece of data rather than concentrating on the task in hand. And, you know, and there's that whole 20-minute disruption thing, you know, it takes you 20 minutes to drop out of a task and into a new one. The amount of time that gets burnt just by hand dealing with actually irrelevant and or bad data is huge. You know, if you calculated that, you know, when people talk about the cost of a project or whatever it may be, the cost of running, running an organisation, the amount of time that is just genuinely wasted, not through anybody's fault, you know, they're not actively seeking to do it, but we're all time poor. And then we have a <laughs> this whole overhead of trying to find the information we need um, in the middle of that. So absolutely, you know, the, the impact of bad data stroke power of good data, I think is described nicely in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the only the other thing I was going to add on to that is I remember doing a piece before about kind of when we talk about data quality, what are we actually referring to? And it had six pieces. There's accuracy. So and we've kind of talked about accuracy. There's completeness. Um, and that's something that we haven't touched on just here, just yet here, because completeness is another one, isn't it? If it's like, OK, I've got half the picture here. Yeah. Actually, that means it's useless and it's going to cost me more time to try and get the other half of the picture, you know. Um, so that's definitely something that we see and that feeds that whole data integrity and therefore the confidence you have in it. Um, consistency um, is, is something that's in there, you know, be capturing stuff consistently so that you can analyse and delve into it. Um, and timeliness, I won't go through the whole list, sorry, but timeliness being the other one. Um, but again, that's that's with the back to that GDPR scenario where, you know, there's now an onus, it's, and strangely, I mean, it's less than four years ago, and everybody seems to think, oh, that was that's history, right? That, that's we've done that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's supposed to be you every day, you're new every day. Um, but the timeliness, one of those key tenets, wasn't it, is that you're supposed to, if you're holding my data, then keep it up to date, and it's down to you to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You know, the longer we hold the data without maintaining it, the more it degrades, the lower quality it is, the less useful it is, the more it becomes clutter. It's that you know it is that spiral isn't it mm -hmm. Very much so. yeah, yeah yeah and of course you know there's a whole element of risk around that because there is uh legal 
restraint constrictions on on the use of the processing of the data in a lot of cases where it relates to, to people individuals um and and there's a there's a risk factor to that which is which is in terms of you know uh, your liability the cost the the rectification costs the, the the reputational costs when people find out that you've you've been holding older inaccurate out of date irrelevant data um yeah that's that's the thing isn't it is, is like you say again i suppose on the impact of bad data anyway you're asking that question just now you know we experience it in in different walks of life don't you but you know i get letters addressed to mrs de bell you know but it, it's me or to you know i get them to my brother and to my dad or, or whatever or just to random you know random first name yeah and and i'm like immediately disconnected yeah i'm not going to engage with that message frankly um yeah yeah you know it, because it actually so it, it has a an absolute negative effect turn people away you know same principle actually when you talk about you know unsubscribes and things like that you know mm -hmm. if people are sending you stuff and you're just like yeah yeah whatever and violet yeah that's one thing i delete it yeah you know? but if you actively choose to unsubscribe a for me having sent that out it's like okay I've, I've, i'm irritating them now I, I really need to stop if you unsubscribe and then that gets ignored and you and it still keeps coming then it really does turn it you know into it like you say reputationally really really poor absolutely and then and then you're you know you're answering a question over the phone or an email and it's extra admin time and cost um you know and, and again you you've lost that potential customer or client or whoever member whoever it may be they've gone yeah. um yeah. you know I'm, I'm i'm helping an organization at the moment where um there there's been a transition from an old system to a new one and what they're finding is that the old system had an awful lot of duplicate membership records in it um now the supplier the partner has quite rightly transferred all of the data because some of it's relevant some of it may not be but it's all transferred that means duplicates might be in the new system so now the client is having to spend time and money checking for that extracting that rechecking which is the accurate record which means contacting the member potentially on the wrong detail to try and ascertain is it the right detail uh, it's all that sort of stuff that that is just uh, it mounts up you know and again the end the end person the member in this case is getting frustrated uh the system is getting gummed up already even though it might be a new system yeah uh, you know it's it just an endless cycle of poor practice and um unnecessary operation basically it is, it is isn't it and it has the opposite effect like so the example you just sorry i know you can jump it's just that it's the you know you just made that big investment in a new system yeah and you've almost certainly gone and told your members about how you're investing in them and digital platforms to engage them better service them better etc etc this is how we're spending your membership subs yeah fantastic i'm really energized by that as a member and then you you know email me on the wrong number about the wrong thing about a, an interest group that I, you know that i don't belong to mm. yeah and it's like it's it has the absolute the polar opposite effect of what we're trying to achieve yeah yeah Sorry. yeah yeah no i was just going to say i think that's a very interesting point and something i've experienced as well when they've sent me the wrong details about the wrong name or you know simple things that i think we now all collectively have an expectation that when you sign up to 
you know, uh, I don't know, a membership charity, whatever it is, and um, that they will get it right. And um, I think that that comes. And then as soon as you, they don't get it right, there's that disconnect. So um, I've definitely seen and experienced that myself. So it's, you know, it's very clear, you know, that there's a lot of power with that. Um, I just want to pick up something on something you mentioned, Ian, um, and it was around kind of that sort of migration piece and the challenges mm. what they, your client was experiencing now that they were in the new system. So I was wondering, like, if you had, from what you've seen and what you experienced with your clients and yourself as well, Rob, um, how do you ensure a smooth data migration process from an old system into a new one? Um, I'm not sure you can ever ensure it. <laughs> um, you can aim for it. Um, I, I think I think the key for me is always start as early as you can. You know, um, you know. I had a I worked with a client recently who'd actually done a load of data investigation before they ever got anywhere near their new project. And when the project started, it was great because they knew. All of their data sources, well, they thought they did, um, um, but they they they'd spent that time up front identifying where the data was and why and who used it and held it, and that just gave them such a good kickstart into their project. Um, you know, it's it's the biggest aspect of a digital transformation project always, and. You can spend the whole project cycle trying to sort your data um, and probably should, to be honest, because, you know, it, it's not a one off thing because the data in the current system is always evolving uh, and, and being updated while you're going through. So for me, you start early, you identify all of your sources, and that includes all the massive number of email folders that people hold and spreadsheets that they just create to make their life easier on a day-to-day -day basis and, and all those extraneous things that, that are actually being updated by them or stored by them that you need to know about even if it's just so you can discount them and then you move into actually looking at the the, the structure of the data so that it's going to work in the new system. You're going to look at the metadata. So that's the stuff that tells you it's the data about the data. It's what it is, why are you holding it, who's responsible for it, what's its value, when should it be reviewed or deleted, for instance, when does it need storing or not? Is there any risk associated with it in terms of the business? And if so, what level of risk? And so how is it going to be governed? All those things that aren't just what's in the actual field within the technical uh, solution that's presenting it back to you. And that's a load of work that somebody needs to understand and do all the way through. But earlier, the better. I think you've absolutely nailed that there, Ian, to be honest. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, like you say, starting early. Uh, I think making, like you say, making those clean decisions, making the, making the clear, clean decisions early. Um, so base it on a minimalist approach, I think, is is part of it. Um, and sorry, so what I meant to kind of summarise it around is actually do do everything you possibly can to cleanse at source. Because if you take the opposite question of yours, Ellie, which is where does it go wrong? You know, where does the 
outcome go wrong. It's where people say, oh, the new system's much got much better tools to kind of cleanse and dedupe and merge and whatnot. So we'll we'll ch chuck everything into the new system and we'll sort it out there because you just don't. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, it's like you move house, you put everything in in that um, spare room upstairs or in the attic. Yeah. And you're going to sort it in the next few weeks. You just get through this bit. And then seven <laughs> years later, you move house. So you take those same boxes out of the attic. If they don't crumble in a heap of, of dust, yeah, then you take it to the new house and put it back in the attic. Or maybe this time you put it in the garage. Yeah. That's what happens with your data. Yeah? And until eventually it does, it just crumbles to dust. But all the while it's making a mess. Yeah. yeah. And it's stopping you to do something useful with that space. But absolutely, cleanse its source and, and hit it early, and and do it as a permanent revolution, like you say. Just keep yeah. on it. And I think I think people also underestimate just how valuable that is to them in terms of identifying what they've actually got. There's a lot of information that organisations are holding that they don't realise they've got that they could be making use of. They might want, but they've never really seen it as something valuable before because it's not it's not had exposure to them uh, it's just been collected in the background if you like um the the other the other aspect i think that that comes out is is to actually to identify um to identify the data structures you're going into a new system staff are going to be trained in a new system they're going to have a learning curve quite often a fairly steep learning curve and if if it's not obvious how and where the right information is going to be stored they're going to struggle for months and you're going to be supporting them for months after go live just on those sort of aspects of where do i find the relevant query field or whatever so not just relying on the on the on the partner the supplier to, to to lay out how the data structured but actually making sure that there is sort of the the handbook for the staff if you like that almost the data dictionary i i was it's an old school thing but i always refer back to a data dictionary and the value of it so that somebody can say i want to know when the membership elapsed field where where is it how do i query it in a in a search and and it could be on endless different screens and which is the which is the the actual field you need to look at for that bit of information to build your query um and if you've got a data dictionary that gives you that in a clear reference format makes your life so much easier yeah yeah absolutely i mean how many membership bodies have we worked with over the years who if you if you went around seven different people in the organization and asked them how many members they've got today would give you seven different answers <laughs> and it's not <laughs> and it's because there isn't that definition of what's a member yeah is yeah. it somebody who you know is up to date with paying their subs yeah and x and so why because some people you need certificate but you need that clarity of shared definition don't you and i think that touches on another point uh, which is around kind of making sure that actually that each piece of data is owned by somebody yeah it might be owned by a role rather than a named individual but yeah. people own it and it's the it should be the person who's closest to the data that owns it you know so if you want to know about members your membership team are the people who should own that they're the ones who curate it who govern it who who steward it and they were the ones who know it best and then data becomes a becomes a team sport doesn't it it's not don't give it to a data department you know don't say okay that's the person who owns our data owns our database yeah, yeah. break it up into its purpose 
and its source and then allocate ownership where it's most appropriate because they're actually they're the people who care most yeah yes. they're the people yeah. who who take it offline stick it in a spreadsheet <laughs> and fix it yeah? yeah and don't bother putting it back in the same one because some other bugger will mess it up yeah they'll keep it down in their own little silo because that's what works for them yeah, yeah. so get yeah. them people involved bring them to the party and let's all share the load and that again really helps to, to manage it i think yeah 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 classic example um like last year working working with a, 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 a organization with with members all over the country um different locations different employers etc and uh yeah each, each sort of support uh person each person taking phone calls from the member or answering emails had a completely separate contact database from the main system because that was the one they trusted as accurate and yeah. each of them had a different version of it so like you say it's it, it's it happens it, they make things work for themselves which you understand mainly because they haven't got confidence in the in the overall system and that comes from the data quality yeah it's data that it's data quality that undermines people's confidence in the system more than when you first you know when you first launch it and there's a few bugs and a few issues and oh i didn't think it was going to work like that 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 you deal yeah. with yeah but if the data quality is really poor people will disconnect not trust it and it's a long long way back from there isn't it, it really yeah. is yeah no i think there's some really good bits of advice there how really to aim for a good data migration process and i really liked your house analogy there Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was really good advice um, to me <laughs> <laughs> um conscious as well we we've touched on it but we haven't gone in depth in it um perhaps as much as we could it's just around the term data governance um kind of what it means how it differs from data management perhaps um and why is it so important important really um in in your digital projects i was thinking there's two aspects data governance is is the strategy you're going to apply to managing your data so that's looking at the quality and how you're going to measure the quality of it it's the risk and how you're going to measure the risk factors applying to it how you're going to measure the compliance across your organization with data standards how you going to set and apply security standards to the data uh, and that also relates to storage and and sort of where you know are you warehousing it for instance and also the it's a strategy data governance is a strategy to, to help you minimize the cost of of data in your organization whereas i see data management as the operational application of that strategy so that's that's where you're you're actually you know specifying what's in a field and where that field is sitting um how the data storage is secured in itself um so all the aspects that are actually controlled by the technology that's data management to my mind whereas the strategy about why and who and how and when is the data governance yeah i think that's that's brilliant actually that that, that in terms of that governance being the strategy management being the operational piece yeah the the execution of the strategy if you like um is a really really good way of differentiating between this because they do get 
they do overlap in people's you know people will interchange them and stuff like that don't they but actually it really helps to um to just make that point that you need a data strategy upon you know you have various strategies and engagement strategy etc but actually having a data strategy don't just kind of see what you got and operationally manage it as you come across it put in place those controls put in place those overriding principles around it you know this is how we're going to behave this is how we're going to secure people's information protect it steward it um all at a strategic level including identifying why we want you know or, or documenting you know, what we've got and why we've got it as you mentioned earlier and actually that then helps you identify if you align that with your business strategy it's like okay so we're trying to achieve this stuff over here as an organization as a charity as a membership body this is what we're looking to achieve this is the data we've got yeah and now we understand what we've got we know what we've got and there's a gap right almost certainly so where what other information do we need to to enable us to deliver our engagement strategy and then you can go and source it curate it build it etc so it really helps you to <coughs> to focus rather than what can we do with the data we've got focus it back to this is what we're trying to achieve. What data do we need to achieve it? Yeah. That makes sense. So you turn, yeah. which is a much better place to be in. Yeah. 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 It's it's almost like the roadmap rather yeah. than the driving. If you like, if you're taking a journey, you plan where you're going, how you're going to get there, then you go out in your car or whatever and get there. You know, yeah. and it's the two different aspects to my mind. Yeah. No, no, no. It's really clear and and yeah, really helpful. I think that that distinction. And I yeah. guess, I guess you know, in an organisational level, you know, the data governance is it is a strategic uh, responsibility, whereas the 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 data management maybe you do have a data team or you have a data manager whose day to day operational role is to make sure this stuff happens, uh, but the strategy is set at an organisational level. Yeah, yeah, which goes back actually to the early point I made, didn't I, about the um, kind of like ownership at a team level, et cetera, of yeah. the data and its operation and execution. But if you give people that framework, this is the strategy, this is what we're looking to achieve. You know, again, even if you, you know, I mean, you know, some people do occasionally get some time to to spend time cleansing data or whatever it may be, but focus on the data that matters to you, not the data you've got. Yeah, you know, that kind of idea. You know, this is where if we can improve this this piece of data, this data set, then yeah. it helps us to achieve the aim not if we improve this piece of data set then that's in better shape you know, move on yeah it's the, it's a, it's all about the why isn't it? it's the purpose of doing that in a world where we can't do everything basically. yes yeah 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 absolutely yeah i think that's really helpful so that's definitely helpful to kind of um, clear that distinction of you know data governance and data management i think that really clearly kind of summarizes that and and highlights that data governance and strategy is such an integral piece um, to get right for for your digital project, really. Um, as we're sort of coming to sort of time, I wondered if you know you had any takeaway pieces of advice you'd give to someone, um, maybe perhaps someone who's just about to embark on their digital project or thinking about it. Um, what's what important kind of bits of advice would you would you give? You know, considering everything we've discussed today on the topic of of data, really. <laughs> um, sort your governance out get a strategy <laughs> in place before you go anywhere near a digital project because you should be doing that anyway that should be part of the organization's 
business strategy and it should support the organization's business strategy so do that anyway and and own it at the, at the right level which is the the highest level and data governance should be part of the board's responsibility really to my mind um and then when you get in towards the project as i say you can start identifying data sources way before you start talking to potential suppliers and partners way before you start thinking about what your technology might be in the future you can identify what data you've got you can identify the metadata around it what is its value why have you got it how long have you had it and why uh, as rob alluded to very early on you know it, it's you need to know what you've got and why and then you can be minimalist about it and save yourself an awful lot of time and effort and cleanse your data regularly make that part of your governance strategy allocating time for data cleansing then when you get into the project you already know that you're getting towards a good data state but again work out what else needs doing in terms of identification storage cleansing what are you going to take forward whose responsibility is it going to be throughout the project so maybe allocate a team member or, or bring in a resource specifically that has the skills and knowledge to actually help you manage that data transition uh, and that needs to start early on don't leave it until you know you've gone through discovery and you're starting to do the build and the specification, you can start right at the start with that. And in fact, the earlier you get it in place, the less risk to the project. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice, Ian. I think, uh, yeah, there's not much I can do apart from bask in reflected glory, frankly, for being <laughs> on the podcast with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to kind of pick out some points there. Uh, it's there, but to be explicit, things like, it doesn't matter. You don't need to know who your new supplier is going to be, who your new partner is going to be, what new technology is going to be. It doesn't matter. So there's no, again, you know, these are these are why. Oh, we haven't started yet. Uh, no, it doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. Yeah, nothing we're talking about. Establishing that strategy, the governance piece, and cleansing data so it's complete and has a high quality, as data, you know, in data integrity terms. <laughs> you can do that every time. Make it, um, you know, when we talk, we talk to clients and work with them on benefits realization and benefits tracker, don't we? Make it an, an objective of the of the technology project, so it yeah. goes into your benefits tracker, is to be able to, as a part of your BAU, to have high quality data and to keep on top of it, if you like, yeah. So it doesn't mm -hmm. stop when the project stops. That's the other piece as well, yeah. So yeah. yes, the digital piece is like that kind of, you know, <clears throat> the um, the catalyst, isn't it, in the middle, yeah. But start now, you. Even if you're not going into project mode, if you're, or you're not sure, you know, you're, you're thinking about maybe doing a business case next year. So doesn't matter. Get started. It'll get your data anyway. Um, but it's a before and after. The project is the catalyst, and that gives you better tools to to keep on top of it in the future. But only with a purpose. You have to have that purpose around it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah really yeah. good. Great. They're really fantastic pieces of advice, actually. And um, yeah, you know really highlighting how important data is you know just not for your digital project but just for your organization and the power in getting it right um and how integral it is really so yeah just i think that rounds up our podcast quite nicely so i just want to say thanks again to ian for joining us today it's really great to get your you know your thoughts and really great pieces of advice there um and also rob um as well got lots 
lots to add in such a you know a meaty subject that is data so um thanks again Hello. Thanks, Ellie. So we really hope you enjoyed that episode this week with Ian. Um, it was really great to have him on the podcast again with us um, and to get his insights into data. Um, I really like the analogies, <coughs> excuse me, that we used throughout to really illustrate kind of the importance of data, the power of data and getting your data migration right. Um, is there anything in particular that you picked up, Rob, or that you thought about after? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of, as you say, lots of really good stuff in there. The analogies um, <coughs> always help to kind of illustrate examples, don't they? Make it real Definitely. world, which I think is really good. Um, I like the, actually, the simplicity, well, the simplicity, the, the clarity that Ian gave around the difference between data governance and data management. And we explored it, you know, during the conversation. Um, but yeah, definitely that idea, governance is your strategy and then management is the framework through which you execute your strategy just helps rather than the terms being interchangeable, I think it just helps to have that different, um, the distinction between them, because it is about different people doing different things, they have a different, you know, each have a discrete role, but really important that they work together um, and people actually understand their their part in the whole, um, in the whole uh, context of, of what the organisation is trying to achieve, because that was the other piece, wasn't it? Tying yeah. the data strategy into the engagement strategy and the organisational strategy. So it's kind of joining that dots piece, but really nicely done. Yeah, definitely. It was great to get that clarification and, as you say, explained it really well within that. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Um, so if you did, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you get notified of the latest episodes. Don't forget, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter by searching HeartSquare, where you'll find loads more content on leadership, digital culture and capability. We look forward to seeing you on another episode. <laughs>